If you recognize that, you know that today we are talking about the hit TV show Brooklyn Nine Nine. Let's go. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. Who would you say is your best friend? And what makes them your best friend? What is it about your friendship that just makes you come alive, that makes you connect with them? Have you ever wondered, am I going to screw up my kids? Would I be a good parent? Am I a good parent? Why are there some people in our lives that we just want their approval so badly? And is that a bad thing all the time? We're going to cover all this and more as we dive into the characters and the laughs and the craziness and the zaniness of the hit show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I am super excited today because we have to walk with us through this journey, uh, Katie Prejean McGrady, who's a radio host, an author, a speaker. She's awesome. You're going to love her. My name is Mike Tenney. I'm the host of Pop Culture Catechism. I am a Catholic speaker and worship leader. I spent over a decade in Catholic high school theology uh, teaching and also trying to make it as a rock star when I wasn't doing that. And uh, I love having deep conversations with people and I love music. I love movies. I love shows. I love pop culture. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. And I'm, I know you're going you're gonna to love what we have for you today. But before we get into it, I need to tell you about popculturecatechism.com, where you can become a patron of this show, just like our patrons right now. Thank you to all our patrons, especially Lisa and Bob Tenney, Stephen, Maggie Hubbard, Jacqueline and Ryan Olivet, Carl and Melissa Gore, Tom and Emily Camberiotti, and Rob Smith. They and all our patrons get access to exclusive content, like on today's episode. Every episode has exclusive content, but today we're talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and at the time we recorded this, the last season hadn't come out. So today we're going to talk about the last season. And I have as a special guest, my lovely wife, Maddie. Say hi, Maddie. Hi. So she's not the sort of person that is normally on podcasts and in front of people, but because she loves me, she's agreed to do this. So uh, if you're a patron <laughs> after the show, go to the Awaken app, go to the Pop Culture Catechist community, and you'll have access to our thoughts on the final season. Speaking of the Awaken app, if you go to theawakenapp.io, it's a free app for everyone with a Christian music library and a prayer library. It's an awesome place for Catholics and Christians to have community where we try to avoid a lot of the toxicity that's uh, rampant on a lot of other social media platforms that we won't name, but it's just a, it's a great and growing community. We're over a thousand members now. So download the awakenapp.io. And then of course, if you're a patron, you get lots of exclusive content with talks by me and other show hosts. Uh, and, uh, you know, pick one of the six tiers of giving at popculturecatechism.com. And uh, you get lots of perks and access to that community, including our conversation after that. Um, one more thing, just to let you know that this conversation with Katie got cut a little bit short. So it's a little shorter than some of our, uh, other episodes that we have, but it's still a great conversation after this episode, uh, recorded, I actually got to meet Katie this summer. We were doing a conference together. She was the speaker. I was the worship leader and she's just as lovely in person as she is on this episode. I really think you're going to like what she has to say. So enjoy the episode. Without for any further ado, let's talk about Brooklyn nine, nine, but I want, uh, I want to. Uh, bring Katie up. Where's Katie? Where is she? Here she is. Hi, Katie. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I've been following you for a long time. I'm a big fan of 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 what you do, Thanks. and um, you do you do so much. Can you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and what, what you have going on? 
Yeah. So uh, um, professionally by day, I'm a radio host. I have a daily show on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129. Uh, and I also work with Ave Maria Press and produce a couple of podcasts with those guys, Ave Explores and Ave Spotlight. Uh, and I'm a mom and I'm a wife. I've got two kids, three and a half and six months old. My husband is a biology teacher and science department head. And uh, we make our home in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Every now and then I hop on a plane. I mean, in pre-COVID times, that's what I did all the time. Uh-huh. And now in the post-COVID slash still COVID, I don't even know what, what we call it now. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, flights are not high on my list of priorities. <laughs> and I kind of love the fact that I don't have to do that anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. And I'm a big fan of, of the Brooklyn Nine-Nine nice, universe. <laughs> nice. And you've written a couple books too, right? I have. Oh, yeah. I guess I should always talk about the books. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've written two books through Ave Maria Press, uh, like full-length books. So uh-huh. Follow, Your Lifelong Adventure with Jesus, and Room 24, Adventures of a New Evangelist. I was a classroom teacher as well, mm-hmm. so that one's about that. And then my husband and I have written two short prayer books for teens to walk them through Lent and Advent. And uh, we're working on an Easter one now. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts on Ave Explorers. Um, yeah. you've, you've done a, a bunch of cool stuff with that as well. So you... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just... I just um, a, a big fan, really appreciate Thanks. your voice. Um, and I just, um, when, when I, when I hear you speak, uh, a few things always come through is like, you love the, you really love the people that you're speaking to. And that, that is always just evident to me. And you're trying to reach people who are hurting and you're trying to reach people who may not always feel heard in the church. And I love that you're just open to, to dialoguing with people and not afraid to talk about controversial things and just do it in a way it, with, with a spirit of love, a pastoral spirit that's faithful to the church. Um, and it's very clear to me that you love your, the church, you love your Catholic faith, uh, and you love thanks. Jesus. So um, just thanks, thank, thanks. thank you for what you do. Appreciate yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so if you don't know Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, you should watch it because this show is hilarious. <laughs> I think my, yeah. my, uh, my wife and I, you know, we, we, we watch some sh- like The Office, Parks and Rec. Those are, those are all good shows. And this is right up there in terms of, I think, in terms of like we laugh out loud at this show, maybe even more than Parks and Rec and The Office. It's just so funny. It's been around. Uh, it started on Fox back in 2013. And it's now been on six seasons. It got re- it, it, then Fox dropped. It got picked up by NBC. And I think they have one more season coming out in 2021, 22. It's going to be the final season uh, on NBC. But it's, it's won tons of Emmys. A bunch of the actors have, have won Emmys. And it's, um, yeah, it's won all sorts of awards. Uh, super funny. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Katie, what do you love about this show? Oh, gosh. So I knew that we were doing this. And so I've mm-hmm. been doing a rewatch. Nice. Um, and so you, there's another show that I wanted to throw into your list of like The Office, Parks and Rec, uh-huh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like this this Mike Sure, The Good Place is another one that oh, kind yeah. of exists in this universe. Uh-huh. Superstore, um, oh, okay. just, it just ended this past week, uh, which is a Justin Spitzer show when he was a... Um, he was an office writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they all kind of, I feel like the, they're workplace comedies, right? Mm-hmm. And so I love how Brooklyn Nine-Nine brings me into a workplace that I have zero experience with. Like yeah. I've worked in retail. I've worked in a boring office job. Mm-hmm. I've never worked in government, but I did volunteer one summer at the local mayor's office. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I can relate <laughs> to Parks and Rec a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine brings us into this universe of of cop life, which yeah. is, you know, in this particular moment in our American history, I think is definitely something that we need to talk about and examine yeah. how that could be better. For sure. Uh, but even more than that, I think it shows in a, in a real way, it shows the flaws of people in an exaggerated way that mm-hmm. makes it kind of amusing. Yeah. And I, I love that, but then it also shows the goodness of humanity and like mm-hmm. this real desire to protect and to serve. I mean, that's, that's part of the, the oath of a cop, so mm-hmm. to speak, but yeah. 
but even like the protecting of one another in the precinct and the the community aspects just mm-hmm. really uh I mean that's the deeper level of the show. It's also yeah. just patently hysterical, like yeah. the quick cuts and uh-huh. the lack of a laugh track. It's <laughs> the only kind of TV shows I like to watch. Yeah. I think it's pithy. Um, I really love some of the recurring things that they do, like the Halloween heist is always mm-hmm. one of my favorite series yeah. of episodes. Uh-huh. Um, the fact that you know, like Amy can't cook, but yet she always wants to host Thanksgiving, like uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just love it. I mean, I love it so much that a couple of years ago, my husband gave me an autographed pilot script uh, oh, <laughs> because my I'm kind gosh. of a. I, so like not Wait, hold, only do hold, I like hold that shows, up. hold but, that up again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, the uh, the pilot episode I should hold it up to the screen. Yeah, it's autographed by all the actors. It's it's like just a copy. It's not the original script. That's by still super it's just cool. A copy of the script. It's still pretty cool. Yeah, because I'm the kind of person like if I like something. Like, I want stuff from it. Uh-huh. So I have, like, office paraphernalia that's been autographed. I have a Dundee sitting on my desk. Oh, cool. Yeah. I have a little Sebastian poster on another side of the office. And so now <sighs> I also have – I couldn't find it before we started recording, but I have mm. a mug that says, de- you know, um, amazing detective slash genius. Oh, uh, that's, <laughs> that's great. That's great. I normally drink my coffee out uh-huh. of. So, yeah. So I'm invested in the universe of the show. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I love – something they do really well that I, I'm not sure I've ever seen done on a show is they each season they have these recurring bits that come back like the mm. uh, the, the Halloween heist um, and they have these recurring characters like Wunsch who's like the captain's yeah. arch nemesis. Yeah. Uh, Doug Judy is my yeah. favorite. I love Doug Judy, the Pontiac yeah. Bandit. He, like his episodes, Formerly Daryl Philbin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. from <laughs> The Office. Like the, they have uh, the guy who – the vulture who steals their cases, um, Pimento – Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that guy. Yeah. So just, yeah. just these things that come back and just you forget about them and then they come back. It's 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 so funny. And Andy Samberg, I've been a fan of him for uh, a long time, and I love that. I feel like this this show really gave him a, a place to shine. You know, he was on SNL for a while. He did stuff mm-hmm. at the Lonely Island, and I feel like he really I've kind of grew up a lot on this show. Like it's he used to have a lot of crass humor and. Um, which isn't necessarily always always bad or inappropriate, I think. But um, he just—I feel like he's gotten to a, a more mature place, but he's still just mm-hmm. as zany. Um, I just, yeah, I think he's great on this show, and um, so many of the actors are just so hilarious. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also love the. Uh, it's a such a diverse cast. Yeah, um, it really is. You know, like there's there's. Uh, it feels like every ethnicity is represented in some capacity mm-hmm. uh, and really like not only is that nice to see on television because, you know, we know that at, at any workplace, but even even in the, the police precincts, there's going to be diverse individuals in mm-hmm. there. Um, but I, I just I love that there is that representation that's there. And it's not it's not like a weird not that diversity or representation would be a weird thing, but sometimes mm-hmm. shows like they'll make an effort of like, okay, well, we're bringing in somebody of a different color or we're bringing in, uh, you know, this particular recurrent. And this is just like, no, it's just part of the cast. It's just part of the show. It's not tokenism. It's not tokenism. That's the way to put it. Yeah. 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 So I, the high school I worked at is majority African-American. And I Mm -hmm. think um, a lot of times as, as a, a white guy, I didn't, I don't realize like, I don't realize how important representation is. I think it's easy mm-hmm. for me to to look over it, but you know, the way that my students like reacted to Black Panther and mm-hmm. Wakanda mm-hmm. when that became like the movie and mm-hmm. you know, when Beyonce puts out a song called Brown Skin Girl like mm-hmm. you know, talking about how beautiful brown skin is and like that that wouldn't have ever occurred to me that that's a big deal, but that's a big mm-hmm. deal for them if you yeah. grew up yeah. not seeing many actors or the actors you saw uh, that looked like you were always a stereotype or, Mm -hmm. you know, all you've ever heard about um, is mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest 
of them all. Mm -hmm. And that's synonymous mm -hmm. with beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's easy for us to look, overlook how important representation can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, I think especially interesting in this show and, and good in this show that the, the bosses are black men and they uh -huh. actually address it in the show when Terry uh -huh. gets stopped by the white cop and goes all the way to reporting it because uh -huh. he knows that it's an issue when Holt is looking for advancement and he kind yeah. of seems to like keep getting pushed to the side uh -huh. and finally acknowledges that it's because he's being marginalized because yeah. of his skin and because of his sexuality. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah. it, the show is in, in, in similar in the vein, I think of just comedies these days. I saw this a time with Superstore too. Not that that's what this episode's about, but, uh, it used to be, I felt like in the sitcom world, slap happy, it's their silly shows. And now it's like comedies can actually address some things that are going on in the culture yeah. in a way that almost kind of like uh, it de-escalates the tension mm -hmm. and lets us not laugh about it, yeah. but maybe think about something in a more lighthearted way that then actually gets us to a place where we can have a deeper conversation. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think, does that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's that's similar to some what Jesus did with parables, right? He would take things yeah, that people yeah. were all uptight about and be like, well, think about it like this farmer in the field. Think about mm -hmm. it like, you know, uh, a father and his son. Think about it like yeah. this, uh, you, you know, the the a woman kneading her her the dough in the bread and the, mm -hmm. and the yeast. And when, mm -hmm. when you talk about it that way, or, you know, a man went down from Jericho to Jerusalem. And when you put it in a story, then it allows us to to kind of get ourselves out of it in a way, you know. So yeah, I sure. feel like that's a that, that's a. Um, I agree with you. I, th I think the show um, does that well. So I would just want to kind of talk character by character, and we can talk about their friendships. That's another thing I love is I love the friendships on this show, especially Jake's friendship. Can we start by? Uh, can we throw up the the uh, the picture of the characters that we got there? Production crew, thank you. So we got we got Jake Peralta, Jake. Andy Samberg, who, who is uh, he's probably the most famous person on the show. He was of Saturday Night Live yeah. fame, um, and he's kind of the main the main character. Um, and he is it, it's interesting because he's this interesting mix of like totally like a screw up and like really yeah. good at his job at the same time. He's like this, mm -hmm. this little kid who can't take anything seriously, but also like a super good detective who has a heart of gold and cares so much for the people he's taking care of and mm -hmm. the people that he works with. Um, uh, so I, I, what do you see? Like, I, as I was talking, thinking about like, how do we, how, how would we, what lens do we want to look at this through? And I know you've mm -hmm. worked, done a lot of youth ministry and campus ministry and, and worked mm -hmm. in Catholic schools. And, and so have I, and I was kind of thinking of it as, okay, let's imagine these characters are almost like youth in our youth group or young adults yeah. in our young adult group. <laughs> That's a good way what, of putting it. Yeah. What, what do we see in them that we're like, this is God's giftedness in yeah. you. Yeah. And I want to affirm you in this and I want to lift you up in this. And then these are the ways which me as a youth minister, the teacher in thinking, this is how I'm hoping to help this person grow. So let's say you and I are sitting in the teacher's lounge of our Catholic school and we're teachers and we're like, oh, you, tell me, Jake Peralta, how's, how's he doing? How can we? <laughs> yeah, it's a good way of, of kind of going through a show. Mm -hmm. One of the other beautiful things about this show is that characters are, are learning and they're growing. Mm. Um, and so like Jake uh, mm -hmm. from the get go, you just kind of, you do, you write him off like, oh, he's a screw up. Yeah. One of you know, the opening scenes of the show is that like, he's talking about Holt and he's kind of poking fun at all these rules that Holt has imposed, but it, you actually see this incredible growth over the course of the seasons of him owning the fact that he is a good detective. I think yeah. Jake is deeply insecure. Yeah. 
sure. right? Because he doesn't have a father figure in his life. And then even when his father comes back, he's got this huge trust issue because there's been this whole of a father in his life affirming him and encouraging him. Um, you know, he had to be his own dad, which yeah. is why I think he also kind of pushes back on hold because he's never had anybody. So he's never had anybody to tell him, like, no, you do need to show up on time. You do need to put on a tie. Mm-hmm. Like, again, that's just the first episode, but all these other things that, that start to happen. So I, I find, like, Jake's insecurity actually then kind of becomes a strength because he, he starts to acknowledge that insecurity, starts to acknowledge that, wait a second, like, I am good at my job. I, I do know what I'm doing. I don't need to be a jerk about it. Yeah. Uh, and I need to recognize that the people around me actually really love me and support me. And I don't need to kind of hold them at arm's length. So we see this a ton with his relationship with Amy at first. Mm-hmm. He's a little middle school boy who yanks on pigtails. Right. Yeah, and like, exactly. it's just poking fun at her. But in reality, like he actually really respects her and he really likes her and probably has liked her from the get go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so when he owns that relationship, I feel like all these other things fall into place. I forgot uh, how quickly they got together yeah, in the uh-huh. show. Like, they're they're definitely a, a, a faster... They pair up, what, in, in, like, the middle of season two, I think yeah, they finally uh-huh. get together. And so by the, the last, you know, the final episode of the last season that we've had, and then I assume this next season... I think they're going to do a jump. I think they're going to jump into the future similar oh, to how think? they did with Parks and Rec. I hope so, at least. Okay. Because I really want to see Amy and Jake parent. Yeah. And I don't want it to uh-huh. just be the parenting of a newborn. Like, yeah. I really want to see them parenting. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping around, but... Uh-huh. His relationship with Amy, the two of them are are what you would think exact opposites, but I think mm-hmm. she also carries a lot of insecurity. For sure. And in that she wants affirmation. She wants everybody to know she's the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. She's a daughter among brothers who mm. were all high achieving. Yep. Um, the Lynn Manuel Miranda, the fact that he's her brother and they bring him <laughs> onto the show. I forgot about that. And he was like a diehard fan of the show and oh, it's yeah. one of the reasons the show got picked up by NBC. I That's just awesome. absolutely love that. Oh, about I didn't it. know but, all that backstory. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they started their tweet campaign to get uh, the show back on the air. He was tweeting out, like, please don't take this show from me. It's one of, like, three things that I watch. And so then they bring him, they give him a chance. Oh, Sean Astin, too, who plays oh, Samwise yeah. Gamgee. Uh-huh. Sean yeah. Astin is a huge fan. And so they got him on the show as well. So mm-hmm. I just, I love that about the way that the the creators of this show, Dan Gore and Mike Sure, have really brought that in. But Amy and Jake's insecurities complement one another, right? Yeah. Jake, it, he needs people in his life to tell him that he's good at it. And Amy mm-hmm. does that. Amy needs in her life people to know that she's competent mm-hmm. and that she actually is probably the best in the room. Yeah. Um, and so together, I think they're able to be that affirming presence to one another. Now, yeah. of course, it's sitcoms. Uh-huh. So we only see like surface level things. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think the show there's I'm thinking of this one episode where uh, it's their Me Too episode. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in one of the more recent seasons where Amy is really struggling with the fact that like she feels like she's not being advanced in her career because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And Jake does exactly what I would want my husband to do if I was feeling that way mm-hmm. or a friend or a male coworker. Like he just lets her talk. Like he listens. Yeah. And then he apologizes and says, I'm so sorry that this is what you're going with or going through. And he doesn't immediately try to fix it. And yeah. I love that they, their relationship, they they help each other vent and they help each other process mm-hmm. and they help each other fix it. But like there's just a very human element to that. Like you can tell they were coworkers who became friends mm-hmm. who fell in love. Um, and I just, I love that about the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, I, I, f- I find the, uh, you know, when I was younger before I was married and I thought about what it might be like to be married someday, uh, you know, I think about the romance and the sexy stuff mm-hmm. and all the warm, fuzzy feelings and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think what has most profoundly changed me and what has been 
and I wouldn't say a surprise, but maybe it, maybe it is a surprise. The most pleasant surprise of our marriage is just like the strength of our friendship. Me and mm-hmm. my wife, Maddie, like just are, we really, really like each other and we just really yeah. get along. Um, in, we like being together and like our, our, the, our friendship is what's carried us through. Even when we've gone through some, some pretty tough stuff is just that, that baseline re- respect that we have for one another. Um, you know, even if we're, we're feeling, one of us is feeling a little neglected. Like we always know that the other person at, at rock bottom respects us mm-hmm. and, and, and cherishes us, even if we're not always feeling that right now, like there, there is this base level friendship. And I, I think that's so important. I definitely see that in Jake and Amy. Mm-hmm. I think you're right mm-hmm. that they both, they both want that approval and they see it in Holt. Holt is definitely like a father figure yeah. for them. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because he is so cold and like stoic and stony. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, at mm-hmm. least initially, I think, I think he, he, they, they make him a little crazier in later seasons, but yeah, he gets zany. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting the way that both Jake and Amy just, they, they crave his approval. Like Jake calls yeah. him dad all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> And Amy thinks that he is destined to be her mentor. And yeah. I love that that part of the um, where they have to go through like he he's been mentoring her and she knows he's been mentoring mm-hmm. her. But then he sits down. and He's like, we have to go through this entire binder in a week because we're running out of time together. And oh there's kind gosh, of this yeah. beautiful affirmation of like he really does see himself in her uh-huh. and she longs to be. I mean, I, I Amy's advancement of her career. She turns, you know, she's turns into a sergeant like the yeah. fact that she's mm-hmm. the one that gets promoted in the marriage i love yeah uh-huh. um you know that's the that's the the female girl power in me mm-hmm. kind of thing but also the the holt figure in the whole precinct there's so many so many different times where holt gets t- torn away so when he gets put at the pr and then when he has to go into witness protection and like he's not yeah. present uh-huh. with the whole group and and you, <laughs> you realize very quickly how much they depend upon his yeah. leadership and his guidance and his mm-hmm. insight but then how much they they long to help him mm-hmm. um and make sure that he knows that that he is valued i really do feel like the as i'm as we're talking about this like the crux of the show is just is everybody in the precinct's love language is words of affirmation like everybody in the precinct (laughs) needs to be told hey you're doing a good job Uh and we love you and we support you and we want to be with you Mm -hmm. and i actually think that the show does that with all of these different characters Mm -hmm. which is a very just very human thing almost Mm -hmm. a very christian thing is that like we want to build people up yeah um, and holt's kind of the he's the glue of that department Mm mm-hmm yeah, it makes me think of uh, Ephesians four twenty nine is like let let nothing un, you know filthy or unclean come out of your mouth, but only that which is like good for the edification of one another. That idea of yeah, edifying yeah. other people with your words, of affirming people with your words, like all through the proverbs of the Old Testament, is like the power of the tongue to build up or mm-hmm. destroy. Or even Jesus talks about, um, you know, you have heard you shall not kill, but I say anyone who says raka to one another will be liable to judgment. Like the the power mm-hmm. our words have to wound. Or to heal and affirm and lift people up is so yeah. powerful and evident. I'm I'm definitely a, a words of affirmation person. Like I I love it when people tell me how great I am and how what a good job I'm doing. <laughs> and yeah, when, I, and yeah. when, I, when I'm and doing I, a talk, I mean you've you've done a lot more than I have, so maybe you're over this. But after I do the talk, it's like I want somebody to come up and say, "Hey, you did a great job at that talk. You did a great job at that holy hour." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We, we need, we, we need that as human beings. We Mm -hmm. thrive on, on somebody just looking at us and saying like, not so much you've got it together, but like, Mm -hmm. like I see what you're doing and I appreciate what you're doing. And I think the characters in the show, um, they do that for one another really Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. It's kind of like affirming a fundamental goodness, you know, like I, I think maybe that's, that's a question all of us have to wrestle with is like, am I good? 
You know, mm-hmm. am I yeah. lovable? Am I, am I worthy? You know, and it's, I mean, we, and we can get that in, in kind of a small S sacramental way through mm-hmm. one another. Like we can, we can be that voice to one another in our lives. But I think deep down, no matter how great people tell me I am, no matter how much praise I get, like until I find it in my relationship with the Lord, like that's always going to be empty at some point. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to seek more praise, right? There mm-hmm, I'm going to want, mm-hmm. I'm going to want more affirmation. Oh, I got this many followers. I want, oh, now I want more followers. You know, I got this mm-hmm. many people telling me how great I am. Now I want, I want them to say even more. And the only thing that can fill that, that like well of, of loss within us, of brokenness within us is, is the love of God, the father. Mm-hmm. Um, but that often can be filtered through the love that we see of people around us, like Holt, you know, that, that approval mm-hmm. of Holt and how he really does, he really does build them up. Um, and I think he, he teaches them to go past kind of the words of affirmation to not just reflect, cause he's, he's kind of right. stingy a little bit with his mm-hmm. words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And, um, he shows them love by calling them to be more in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, mm-hmm. challenging them. And, um, I, I think maybe that's, uh, something we all need. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, he's a good dad. He's not, he doesn't mm-hmm. just placate them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. he doesn't just give in. Yeah. Uh, he's not, he's not the doting papa, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's the firm father. And yeah. I think we all need that in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I definitely do. Speaking of the doting papa, yeah. <laughs> who's, who are we talking about next? Of course, yeah. Terry, who's definitely, I, I relate so much to Terry being like mm-hmm. a father of, of, of two young kids and like trying to do the career thing and trying to right. be a good dad at home. And, um, yeah, just so many things he struggled with and, it, and he's like out looking for the, the blankie or the yeah, moo yep. Yeah. Like I, I've been places I'm like, we can't find blankie. What are we going <laughs> to do if we can't find blankie? I'm sure you can. Yeah. Relate. yeah. We have extra Charlie's the chicken or oh. Charlie the chickens in the closet just in case. She'll oh, know the difference, but we do have it there you're sneaky. just in case. You're sneaky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so my friend's little boy lost his, he called him Duckins and Duck mm. got lost and uh, it was a tragedy. Yeah. I love Terry in that like he is, I, I, I said Holt's the glue of the precinct. Actually, it's Terry because like mm. Terry's constant. Like Terry is always there. He's yeah. always working hard. Like even on the days when he like tries to take off to be with his kids, like mm. somehow the characters are there around him. Um, and I, I love that Terry's at, at the end of the day, like the heart of Terry is very much like trying to call to task, uh, like to keep people focused, to keep mm-hmm. people committed to the work that they're doing. Uh, but then also like, so I'm thinking of the episode where Jake gets injured. Um, and he's yeah. like, no, I got to finish working the case. I got to finish working the case. And Terry's like, no, you have to go home and get better. Yeah. Um, and like he sees inside of each one of his detectives, like what they bring to the precinct and their goodness and their value yeah. and tries to affirm that in them, but then also like wants them to, you know, stay committed to the work that they're doing. And then on top of that has these girls and like, you can see the love that he has as a dad mm-hmm. of two. I mean, he's a total girl dad. Total girl dad. Yeah. Uh, when he writes the comic book for them to like teach them all the different, I get virtues would be the word, like how to stand up for themselves. Remind, remind to, me of this. I'm drawing a blank on this. So he, um, it's like a subplot in an episode mm-hmm. in like, the, I think it's in the third season, but basically like he's riffing on characters in the precinct oh, for this little, you know, yeah. cause uh-huh. he loves to do art. And yep. that's the other thing about Terry Jackson. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the artist. secret artist uh-huh. that like has this sensitive side. Yeah. Even though he's um, enormous and huge. And, yeah. He's yeah. huge. Right. Like show muscles as he likes uh-huh. to say, but he does, he does his little comic book and Gina and Amy are like, wait a second, well, this doesn't make any sense. And, and at the end of it, he's just like, I'm just trying to teach my girls 
like how to be good people. Uh-huh. And that's like, isn't that what every dad is trying to do? Yeah. Every parent really. Um, so yeah, I, I love, I love me some Terry. Mm-hmm. It, it, that makes me think of, so my, uh, one of my, my mentors in ministry is a guy named Tom Brinkman, who I worked with, with the, with the Capuchins up in New York. And, uh, he said one of the fundamental principles uh, that he uses for, for working with youth and evangelization and catech- catechesis is he says, um, I want my youth, and he was talking about his children, but also like the youth he works with. He's like, I want to expose them to interesting faith-filled people, just mm-hmm. people who are being themselves. They're not conforming to this, that, or the other thing. They're just, they're, they are alive with who God has made them to be. And it's like that Catherine Sienna Saint, uh, uh, St. Catherine Sienna quote, uh, you know, be who you're called to be and you'll set the world on fire. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I see him doing that. Like he, he wants his daughters to be exposed to these different people in the precinct that he looks up to because they're going to soak stuff up from, from mm-hmm. that. And that's what I, I want for my kids. I want them to be around their, their aunts and uncles and my, my friends from church and, and other people, um, that I admire. And I want to be like, cause I know they're going to, they're going to soak that up. There's other kind of, um, mm-hmm role models and in their life. So I think that's yeah, super yeah. important. I mean, that's why we have godparents and confirmation sponsors and yeah. yeah. When I love how Terry makes Jake, the godfather of their third little girl, oh, the surprise right. baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and there's, I mean, there's this subplot there of like, Terry doesn't want to get a vasectomy because he mm-hmm. doesn't think that he's done having babies yeah. kind of thing. And, and, you know, I love how he kind of pushes that envelope or pushes that narrative of like, wait a second, like dads can want more kids too. Yeah, like uh-huh. it's not a one-sided thing. And, Jake supports him in that. Jake encourages him that. Uh, Jake finds out that they're pregnant with the third before uh, anybody else oh, yeah, does. Yeah. He can't uh-huh. really hold in the secret. Um, so yeah, I love I love Jake and Terry's relationship a ton. Yeah, and I, something this I, I love their they have they have a really cool friendship, and I, I love that this show is like kind of pro baby in a lot of ways because I feel it like is. so so much of our culture, especially in the media, it's like oh when you when you having kids it's like oh. I'm not having, cause there's kind of this, this yeah. knee jerk reaction in so much of the world. I remember when my wife was pregnant um, we went to a wedding for one of my college friends and she hadn't met a bunch of my college friends. She's a few years younger than me. Um, and so my, 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 but my, some of the, the ladies I, I went to college with who had some kids, they kind of took my wife aside at one point and they were just be like, look, being a mom is hard, but it's mm-hmm. amazing. And they, they just kind of like, even though they just met her for the first time, just because of their friendship with me, they kind of took her aside and like affirmed her and like built her mm-hmm. up. And is like, mm-hmm. you're yeah. going to love it and it's going to be amazing. And I think that was so good for us to hear just because we don't even realize how many anti-children messages there are out mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. So I love that this show kind of bucked that a little bit. It's, you know, they're, is, they're excited yeah. about kids. And so we're, so it we're is. Jake I mean, Terry's got kids. Charles adopts. Yeah. And then Amy and Jake struggle with infertility, which mm-hmm. is like the way that they talk about that in the show, honestly, was probably one of, I think, the best uh like the Amy, uh, there's a conversation at one point where like Amy's like, everybody tells me to stop stressing about it, but like, that's not going to help. Like yeah. maybe there is something wrong or like, and and they're both really struggling with it. Yeah. So then when they do get pregnant, like you're rejoicing for them. But like, yeah. I was thinking of all my friends I know that have struggled with infertility Yes, and how this, this show really <clears throat> just, it captured that struggle and it captured it. And they, they, I mean, they jump through time yeah. as they're telling that story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, how Jake even before that, he had gone on a journey where he didn't want to have kids right. because he right. was worried he's going to screw his kids up because yeah. his father was so terrible yeah. and was a philanderer yeah. and was gone all the time. And he's like, I don't want, I know that's in me somewhere. You know, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like, I don't want to pass that on to my kids. I don't know what a, what a healthy family looks like. Mm-hmm. And he finally arrives at this place where he's like, no, I, I am 
I am excited about this. And then yeah. it's such a struggle for them. It's like, there's some really heartbreaking moments in there. I yeah. think, I think yeah. you're right. It really yeah. talk, talk, talk about, um, you know, representation, like so mm-hmm. many people struggle with that and they think they're the only ones, mm-hmm. you know? And then, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's probably more common in the Catholic world, um, for, to, for people to say, Oh, NFP, you got to abstain. And, you know, we have so many kids, you know, these homeschoolers with 12 kids and there's some people sitting there being like, I would love to have 12 kids. Mm-hmm. We can't even yeah. have one. We've had miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage or there's sexual trauma in our relationship. So my mm-hmm. spouse doesn't mm-hmm. even want to have sex with me. Like there's mm-hmm. so many people struggling with issues like that. Um, and they, they, they don't see other people struggling with it. So I think it's, it's great mm-hmm. when shows like this and, and people in the church are willing to talk about these things because people are struggling with them yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's like you said, it's representation. It's, mm-hmm. it's the chance to actually, you know, show the, the full spectrum. It's not, it's not just, okay, well, we got another bad guy that we have to catch. Like mm-hmm. there's, they're really digging into some harder things over the course of just like the, the scaffolding of the show, which is yeah. their cops and they're catching robbers kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, you brought up Charles before. Yeah, I, Good I, old Charles. I love Charles. Um, and and I, I have some things to say about Charles, but I'll, I'll let you go first if, if you have some stuff. Uh, you know, I think Charles, Charles um, is the is the puppy dog of the of the show and that like he wants everybody just like everybody else. He wants everybody to love him. Um, I think Charles gets taken advantage of. And yeah. the the real crux of the show is some of it is is Charles uh, learning how to stand up for himself, which yes. is, a th- I think, a message that a lot of, of people who do love really hard. Charles Boyle is yeah. a lot and he's a lot to love. And he, I think he knows that about himself, but yet like he hmm. fiercely loves it. So something I love about Charles is I love his arc throughout the course of the show. He starts off kind of as a, a weak character and he grows into being like such a strong support for his friends and you know, they always make fun of him as, as being like overly passionate and like kind of too into his, his friends' lives. But I just love the way that he's such a support for Jake and, and, and Amy and Rosa, especially. Um, and he also kind of debunks that whole idea of like the alpha male and the beta male, which I think is total BS, by the way. I think there's a lot about Charles that is like a lot like Christ and is authentically manly in the way that he serves other people in the way that he, he's kind of meek um, and in his passionate uh, support of his friends. I think there's a, not that he doesn't have ways to grow and not that he isn't like too passive in some situations and uh, needs to grow to be more active. But I think he, uh, he really is uh, in, in a lot of ways, very, very holy and very saintly in the way that he loves his friends and the people that, that he loves taking care of, especially as he becomes a husband and a father. Uh, you, I really just see him growing into uh, being a, a much more mature whole person. So yeah, I love, I love Charles. Uh, he's, he's awesome. And I I think as Catholics, we have a much more robust understanding of what authentic masculinity looks like. If you're more interested in that topic of authentic masculinity, we have a show here on Awaken Catholic called the men's show. And our, I think our first episode, I'm on that as well. And we talk about this idea of what it means to authentically be a man and a man like Christ. So anyway, go listen to that. If you're interested more in that concept. So Unfortunately, our conversation with Katie got cut a little bit short, but I loved, Katie, I loved having you here on this episode and thank you for talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You can find Katie at katieprejean.com. I'll put it in the show notes and she's uh, on Twitter, Instagram, all the things, YouTube, and uh, you can listen to her radio show on Sirius XM. She does a great job. Listen to her podcast, Ave Explores, and uh, we just 
Katie, we love you. We love all the things that you are doing. You are working for the kingdom and, and touching lives and touching hearts. So thank you for all that you do. My name is Mike Tenney. You can find me at www.miketenneymusic.com on social media at PK Mikey T and also in the Awaken app. Oh, and before I forget, I always like to close with a prayer reflecting on the themes of the episode. So wherever you are, uh, take a moment to, to pause. You can close your eyes unless you're driving. Uh, just take a moment to, to quiet yourself within and let's place ourselves in the Lord's presence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for your passionate friendship for us. We thank you for the ways that you have placed friends in our lives. Uh, and we ask that you would help us through the many struggles and trials of, of our lives, the times that we doubt ourselves, um, the dysfunctions in our family or in our own hearts, Lord. We, we place those in our hands, in your hands, and we entrust them to you. In a special way, Lord, we lift up those who uh, struggle with their friendships, who struggle with their relationships, uh, for those married couples who are struggling with infertility, um, for those uh, struggling with parenthood and whether they are a good parent and struggling to love their children well, Lord, we place all these people in your hands and we ask that you would send your spirit into our hearts and help us to be um, the saints that you are calling us to be. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, listeners and viewers. We love you and we will see you next time.